May we have your attention, please? In July 2021, Grant Shapps released both the Transport Decarbonisation Plan and the Rail Environment Policy Statement. These documents lay out the direction for the decarbonisation of the transport sector and provide useful guidance for how the future of both freight and passenger transport needs to deliver a sustainable industry. The Transport Decarbonisation Plan, or to give it its full title, Decarbonising Transport a Better Greener Britain, sets out what it calls commitments, actions and timings. One of those commitments is that between now and 2050, Great British Railways will deliver a programme of further electrification, together with the use of battery and hydrogen trains, to enable a zero-carbon railway. The Rail Environment Policy Statement says that work has been commissioned to develop the sustainable rail strategy. The policy statement also says that its purpose is to set a clear direction for the rail industry on environmental sustainability and to outline policy priorities for the sustainable rail strategy. What it doesn't say is how those policies will be achieved. So I'm pleased to welcome back George Davis, Director of Sustainable Development at RSSB. George is responsible for leading the development of the industry's first sustainable rail strategy, working with a range of colleagues from across the railway. And today he's going to talk about how that development is progressing. George, welcome back. When we recorded episode 16 of this series, you talked about three specific areas of activity that you'd be concentrating on strategic direction, technical leadership and communications and engagement. Can I start by asking you to tell our listeners about what's happened since then in terms of setting and, most importantly, agreeing a strategic direction? Hello, Ant. Really good to be back in conversation with you. Yeah, very happy to give you an update on where things now stand. And we've moved on well. It's helped significantly by what's been coming forward from the government. So we've now got, despite still a depressed industry due to COVID-19. We've uh, we've got, though, as you say, a transport decarbonisation plan, a rail environment policy, but also, crucially, a, um, a real clear idea of the direction of the railway in the UK, and that is Great British Railways, the William Shapps plan. That gives me increasing clarity on what we need to be trying to achieve. And as I said in my previous conversation with you, we've got a lot to get on with and we need to coordinate well. We need to be collaborating as an industry such that we get most benefit from the investment, both in terms of time and money of, of our businesses that make up the railway. As you say, the um, Rail Environment Policy Statement is a, a really helpful publication in that it talks to issues like air quality and commits to setting targets for the industry on what good air quality looks like and, and when that needs to be achieved. So next year, 2022, there'll be targets set for pollution, effectively the nitrogen dioxide and, and the particulates that can affect people's health, the levels that are acceptable within train stations and closed spaces where the public and our colleagues are working day to day. And we'll need to comply by that. We'll need to achieve those targets as an industry no later than 2030. So there's a lot of work that we need to be doing and we're um, underway at the moment, RSSB putting in place a monitoring network for air quality to make sure that we've got a good handle on where the baseline is at and what levels of pollution are out there at the moment and therefore how we can target the right investments to address that. So that's one example of where we are making progress. We're not waiting on a strategic direction to be set. 
but we do need that strategic direction. We need to be clear what our ambitions are. Uh, and as I've said in, in the previous episode, a sustainable rail strategy will do that. So I'm pleased to say that you know we've now got a skeleton of that strategy. It describes what we're anticipating to be the right flagship industry goals. And more importantly, what we need to do to deliver on those goals. And those are effectively initiatives. Those are actions that are either being taken at the moment or could be taken to deliver on decarbonisation, to deliver on increasing biodiversity throughout the railway, and also to deliver on the social aspects of, of community integration and improvements in positive outcomes such that we can enable the way we need to level up and, and build back better as a result of, of what we've gone through. And as I mentioned, you know, the, the COVID-19 pandemic, we're still obviously feeling the effects of that. We hope passengers, commuters and, and leisure travellers will feel confident now in the railway, which has been shown to be a very low risk environment in terms of COVID transmission. And we get people back on on the railway and, and not, not back in their cars and not travelling in a less sustainable way. Thank you, George. That says to me that a lot of work has been done in quite a short time frame. That covers the theory, so to speak, of how to get to your goals. Could we now talk about some of the practicalities of how some of those goals are going to be achieved? What you see as technology leadership? Yeah, it's an important aspect, no doubt. As I've said, you know, implementation, delivering changes. We've got a great opportunity to do that now as we see the Great British Railways proposition come to life. We need to make sure that that organisation is well equipped and best equipped for solving some of these issues which are currently facing the railway. A lot of the innovation we'll rely on won't come from the railway itself. It will come from organisations that work across sectors. So those in the supply chain who are providing construction services, let's say, to other infrastructure, they're doing some really good things in relation to eliminating carbon in construction. So we want to bring that into the railway. We're going to be increasingly investing in our network for a range of reasons, for modernization in relation to you know to signaling, in relation to climate change adaptation. So making sure that the railway is resilient to increasingly extreme and variable weather conditions. So how do we make sure that our suppliers who have the best practice from other sectors are encouraged and challenged to bring that into the railway. So big optimism there from me around what the supply chain can do. But I think there's also a lot of good practice and best practice going on within the industry. And I'm regularly talking to train operating company colleagues who are you know, positively being challenged by their investors. And it's those investment decisions that are going to need to be made on a level that shows where the best return from an environmental and sustainability outcome is also going to be achieved, not just in a financial financial context. So I think it's about the way we make decisions, procurement in particular, choosing the right contractor from that supply chain who's going to be able to deliver on our sustainable rail strategy will be a big part of how we change the industry. And similarly, how we assess the choices we've got, you know, whether we make an investment in retrofitting technology to diesel trains or whether we don't, we need to weigh up that sort of decision you know, with the right intelligence, the right detail, and do so in such a way that moves the industry forward. So I'm, again, optimistic about how we do that. And I think, you know, coming back to what I started out by saying, the leadership team, ultimately, that, that will populate the um, decision-making roles in Great, Great British Railways, as well as within 
other organisations that are influential in rail, I'm keen to work with you know work with them and help them get the right outcomes. Thank you, George. There seems a lot of questions still need to be answered, but with target dates set between the end of the 2030s and up to 2050, there's a bit of time to make sure the right solutions are identified and implemented. Part of that task of identifying and implementing the right solutions will mean a lot of collaboration, both across the existing sectors of the industry and others not yet directly involved with rail, but with some expertise or innovation in sustainable solutions. Which brings us to the third tranche of your work plan, the communications and engagement, bringing people along with you to engage with and support the sustainable rail strategy. Can you tell us how that's going and perhaps what your plans are for the near future? Absolutely. I think you know the strategic direction and the, and the technical solutions are really, really important. But there's another sort of point to this triangle of, of the third aspect, as you say, it's all very well to have a strategic direction and a commitment and some idea of how to get there. But you're never going to get there unless you've got a really engaged, motivated and committed set of colleagues that are going to get there with you and, and help you get there clearly. And because of the scale of the railway industry, you know, we, we have a lot of people that we will be able to mobilize, motivate and engage. And ultimately, this is about a culture, a culture of sustainability, a culture of an organization or organizations where people appreciate they're making decisions day to day and that those those decisions need to be made for the right outcome. So that, you know, again, excites me. We've got huge potential there and, and there's already good practice in play. I mean, recently, the work I've been doing uh, has been very well supported by a range of, of colleagues who are in the in the technical space. So we, we facilitate as RSSB working groups where we look at the detail of, of how sustainability in the railway needs to happen. And we bring forward ideas. We also challenge, you know, we, we take our projects from research and development out and we put them up for um, review and we put them up for critique, which is the right thing to do. But ultimately, as I say, we, we have to have a really strong collaborative approach to this set of issues. It's unfair of us to expect, as they are at the moment, you know, the team running the infrastructure at Network Rail to tackle climate change adaptation on their own. You know, there's an important role there that needs to be played by train operating companies. And in terms of working with with the Roscos, the uh, the asset owning companies, you know, we need to agree a way that the rolling stock fleets can be more resilient to future weather trends. So to give you some examples, we've got now a um, an industry senior group, what we call the Sustainable Rail Executive, and they're meeting every second month at the moment and they're considering the sustainable rail strategy and the choices now that we need to make most recently we we met on the 22nd of july and i talked them through the um the the skeleton thinking around the strategy and we've got really good engagement chaired by malcolm brown who previously helped lead the decarbonisation task force so that level of senior engagement is now mobilised we haven't had that up until this point and we've also got as i say the technical knowledge and the right level of pragmatic knowledge, I suppose, in terms of, of what will work operationally and what won't. So that's an important blend to have the strategic thinking as well as the operational reality to make this all come together. The other groups I should mention are the um, the industry bodies. So RDG, the Rail Delivery Group, as well as the uh, Railway Industry Association. Those two in particular have been regularly involved in some of the thinking that we're doing. And they're going to be helping us engage with their own memberships as well. Looking forward to doing that, particularly with the uh, supply chain 
via the Railway Industry Association in the next couple of months. Another group that we're talking to regularly is Community Rail. As I said before, this isn't all down to one individual organisation, whether that be Network Rail or the Department for Transport. This is purely a industry-wide endeavour. So Community Rail representing transport third sector interests. It's important that we bring those colleagues into the conversation and, and have them potentially take on the responsibility of delivering some of these changes that need to happen. They'll be better placed in many cases to deal with the requirement of improving community integration. Obviously, they know those issues probably better than anybody in in the sector. And obviously, the Department for Transport, we continue to rely on their funding to a degree. And we will also need to rely on their guidance in relation to how rail lines up alongside road, alongside aviation in in terms of transport decarbonisation but also how, how rail contributes in the transport sector alongside other sectors. You know, a, a, a challenge as ginormous as decarbonising the UK economy will need coordinated effort across agriculture, across food and beverage manufacturing, across, as I mentioned, the whole civil construction sector, to name a few, and there are, there are many others. It's, it's a whole UK PLC endeavour, and it's important that we align particularly with COP26. So the Conference of the Parties, a big milestone engagement um, event that's being hosted up in Scotland in November. And Rail will have a presence there. And we are part of the, the team looking at what we might get across. So there's a lot of initiative here, a lot of momentum, as I've said. And I think Rail should be a proud and an important part of the uh, decarbonising of our economy. Thank you, George, for summing up all of that important work so clearly. There's obviously a lot of interchange between all the parts of the work that's going to take some organisation to get that collaboration working. The first finalised issue of the Sustainable Rail Strategy is due to be published towards the end of this year, so I hope you'll come back and talk about more of what's in it then. Thank you again, and thank you to our listeners for coming this far with us. As always, if you have any comments or questions about this or any other episode, please email me at podcasts at rssb.co.uk. In the meantime, thank you and goodbye. Goodbye. 